1: Good morning. We are so glad you've joined us today. And we have a topic that is deep and helpful and is going to resonate with so many. I'm joined today by co-host Les Davis. Good morning, Les.
2: Good morning, Linda. And I agree with you. This topic is just going to be an amazing, uh, amazing thing to talk about during the show. I I think most people have struggled at least with one of them as we get through it.
1: We haven't even told our listeners what we are going to talk about today, so let me add that. We're going to be talking about addiction, PTSD, and the role of faith in helping us get through some of the hurdles in life and having something bigger than ourselves, which can make a difference for so many. So I'd love to introduce our guest without any further delay, and we welcome to our show Marcus Hart, veteran and theologian. Welcome.
3: Thank you for the welcome, and I'm very grateful and very humble to be here.
1: Well, we're very glad to have you. I think this is a topic that people think about a great deal, but don't often speak openly about it. I, I think the word evangelism has scared people. I think others feel like they may not be politically correct. And yet I think there's a grand majority of folks for whom something bigger than themselves has gotten them through some of the really great challenges in life, and you have a wonderful backstory, and I wonder if you would share, you know, whatever is a good overview statement about how your faith has directed you and gotten you through some of the big hurdles, and then we'll dive into some of the details.
3: Okay, that that seems very easy, but <laughs> sometimes that can be a little bit hard for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, definitely...
3: I, I like to always be up front with people and say that um, I I grew up in the church, but I was one of those uh, kids who were just in the church, although, you know, I was always surrounded by uh, those who were very religious in my family. Mm-hmm. And I, I never really, truly you know, understood the notion or uh, the whole idea of God and, and Jesus, and that became very evident when I received uh, my my call to deploy to Iraq uh, when I was only eighteen, going on nineteen.
0: Mm.
3: As you see, I, I, I uh, enlisted into the military at the age of uh, seventeen, and that's because I, I I wanted something you know bigger than myself. I was chasing after something I didn't really understand what I was chasing after, and all my peers around me uh, they had it pretty much figured out, um, but I, I didn't really have it figured out. Although I had good grades and um, I was doing pretty good in school, uh, I I still, you know, didn't really know what I wanted to be. So the military was a good option. uh, And plus, I wanted to get away from my dad. Um, uh, My dad and I had connected when I was 13. And there was a lot of uh, verbal abuse, physical abuse that I had experienced uh, living under his roof. And I just wanted to get out. Mm -hmm. And so when I enlisted, I enlisted as a Army National Guardsman uh, for the state of Wisconsin. And I didn't expect to uh, deploy, you know, that was the, the, the same script and story that they sell to everybody who become a National Guardsman or a Reservist. <laughs> yeah, so uh, when, when that happened, um, you know, uh, I got the call about, about like a year after, you know, coming back from um, uh, advanced individual training and um, I had already lost my faith. And, you know, uh, completely, I, I just totally just was turned off about the whole idea of God and and, um, totally didn't, you know, um, really believe or believe that, you know, I should, you know, be, uh, believing in something that would do this to me, you know, such as sending me to Iraq to die.
2: Oh, very interesting. Um, and you said during that time when, when you were, when you came back or when you went through training in AIP and then come back and at that time you lost your faith, um, how important was that, or when did you find out how important that was to reconnect with your faith? Good question.
3: Yeah, that's a very good question. So, about three months while I was uh, on boots on ground uh, deployed, and I, I was working in the uh, the Mains department or motor pool, as we know, uh, military term, yeah. and I I was a supply clerk and uh one of my main jobs were to de- dispatch humvees and other vehicles uh to to soldiers as they go on convoys and so I was the first face that they uh seen uh leaving out of the uh off off base um you know next to the the guards uh who were at the uh, at the gate um but I was the one who they really had a conversation with you know while you know waiting to get out and then i was the the last one uh they seen uh or had a conversation with when they returned back so um right away we we had deaths deaths um we had lost two of our soldiers and i remember having a conversation with those individuals and um it was very uh, deep conversation and uh, one of the things they said was like um you know well when i go out you know when i go out to, uh, to on the convoy i'm going to be praying and i said well why are you doing that you know that's not going to serve you any uh, good look look where we are and so i, I it really hit me really hit me and at the time, too, you know, I, I still was like, you know, really in this dark space and and, and, and just really searching out a lot of like evil ways of uh, practicing, you know, how to draw things to me uh, like, uh, like, you know, I was really into a lot of dark magic and um, I had written a lot of selfish poems. And one day I was uh, in the tent sleep and... I was awoken by something and it was like this force trying to drive into me and and I'm like, dude, am I dreaming having a nightmare or something? And I opened mm-hmm. my eyes and, and there's this like evil, monstrous looking thing staring right at, at me, breathing on me. And I tried screaming and it, it it didn't work. You know, um nobody heard me in the tent. I'm I'm thinking to myself, What's going on? So without thinking about it, I yelled out, Jesus, and the thing released me and then there was a light that appeared at the edge of my bed. And it was a figure. It didn't look like the Jesus that I saw in churches or on pictures. It, it was a it was a male figure. And I said, well, that must be Jesus. If, if if he appeared, you know, after I called his name. And so I got up anyways and I, I didn't think much about it. And as I was leaving, there was another force that grabbed me. But this time it was a force similar to like when a parent grab a, a child and, and try to stop them in their tracks like, hey, you're screwing up here. You know, and so it was very loving, very peaceful, very calm. And then my arm levitated and snatched off that one of the poems that I've written. And, and at the same time, my arm levitated again and reached for one of those soldier Bibles they give you as you board in the plane to, hmm. to get out of, out of country. And it drew me drew me near to my heart. And I tried to throw it down. And, and then my arm levitated again and placed the, the Bible near my heart again. And at that moment, I knew I was in the presence of a divine being, something that was bigger than me. And that's when that whole pivot in my life, you know, and I started walking a new spiritual journey and, and, and really adopted faith into my life and
2: started searching out this stuff.
1: That is powerful.
2: Yes. Well, I, I'm, I'm just listening to this, and I, um, I've heard of these. You know, you hear about these. You're seeing uh-huh. you know, there's other television shows about how people have these experiences, somewhat like you're saying, Marcus. Um, is you have? Are you very open with this? I know you got your own podcast. You have that. I, I listened to portions of the, the uh, this morning. I mean, is it? Is are these some things you share on your own podcast? Or are you open when you're talking about this? Because I think, I really believe other people have had this. Maybe they're not mm-hmm. really open to talk about it.
3: Yeah, definitely. I I share a lot of it in, in my writings, mostly, um, and and in my speeches when I go out and speak. Not so much uh, on my podcast. Um, it, Somewhere down the line, we'll you know start inserting more of these stories on my podcast. I, I bring on a lot of guests who um, you know speaks a lot on you know um, inspiration and and on transformation.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, interestingly enough, I, as Les just said, I think others have had these types of experiences, and they grab you and they turn you around. If there isn't a transformative moment, that was one. And yet, you talk later on in life, and maybe you can bring us into this as we start getting deeper into um, your your roles in your life. Did this help you start to work through some of the issues that you'd had with your father? Well, it,
3: not initially. It, it definitely opened me up a little bit more, mm-hmm. uh, just, just a tad bit more. I, I, I was very angry going uh, to uh, Kuwait slash Iraq. And I was also, uh, you know, very just not open to really connecting with people and, um, mm. you know, and, and just, and just saying, you know, and just like reaching out and like, you know, and, and being more of uh, a type of person who is approachable. So I became a lot more approachable, started sharing a lot more to people. Um, I started letting go a, a little bit of that anger
0: Mm-hmm. And
3: you know, so I, there was definitely you know a change in me, you know, instantly. And people started saying that, like um, during the eighteen months I, I was there, they said, "Wow, you know, you, you're really not the same person uh, that you were when you first when you first um, went through mobilization training."
1: You know, when we spoke earlier, we talked about your struggles with PTSD and depression and addictions, etc., and yet. You're saying that you changed even when you were in country, in theater.
3: Yeah, it definitely wasn't a complete change, but there was some things that were happening. You know, uh, it's like you know when when you begin to like uh, put in the different ingredients to make Kool Aid, you start stirring it up. <sighs> and like, it, 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 you know, and I was probably halfway stirred up. You know, so if you would have tasted me, it would, I would have still been quite quite bitter.
1: Hmm. But you were still only 18, 19 years old, and you had a lot of unbelief to overcome at this point. But we're going to go on break in just a a minute. And I know that many in the military have suffered with PTSD, depression, anxiety, and panic attacks sleep deprivation, all of these kinds of issues where your mind is racing, there's hypervigilance, there's even aggression, which in your case, you had been experiencing personally, as well as post-combat. And so when we come back from the break, let's talk more deeply about using your military skills and training, your faith, and some of the stories that you went through to manage these very, unfortunately, common ailments that afflict a lot of our veterans so we're going to go on a very short break and then les and i will be back talking with veteran and theologian marcus hart and learning more about the role of faith and something bigger
0: we're military network radio and we'll be right back after these
4: short messages and ask, is that all there is? Why is this happening to me? Why am I always broke? How am I going to survive this mess? Then join Dr. Geraldine Tegeloff for Nature Spirits Speak, 7 p.m. Tuesday evenings on toginet.com. and happily shares these through Today's Note to Self on her webpage, naturespiritspeak.com. If you need help with your journey, why not connect with Geraldine during her show, Nature Spirit Speak, Tuesdays at
5: 7 p.m. Central on toginet.com. emergency room nurse will tell you they receive some weird and wild calls. I used to be the night ER nurse at Hennepin County General Hospital in Minneapolis, and remember getting a call from someone who was worried about if it mattered or not if their belly button was an innie or an outie. It doesn't matter, but if you're an outie, you are definitely the minority. Still, that's good news because you don't have to worry about a little problem that people with innies have. Pledge it. That's another word for belly button lint. Researchers say the color of the pledge in your belly button is related to the clothing you wear, just like the lint that collects in your clothes dryer. A friend of mine from the Philippines says they call it a too. What do you call a person who's obsessed with their belly button? An amphaloxicite. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words.
0: Welcome back to Military Network Radio. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make
1: a difference. Welcome back. I'm Linda Crater here with Les Davis, and we're talking and continuing our conversation with Marcus Hart. Marcus, when you came back, Les had a question for what occurred then.
2: Yeah, uh, Ben, my question was, as you come back and – in the National Guard, it's it's a little different than active duty. You know, you just you kind of just transition back to that fast life faster than you do it on active duty. So the as we're coming back, I know after the first Gulf War, we as we came back, we were very hyper vigilant. You know, our senses were really high. And I can't imagine just stepping foot in back in civilian like like you did. You know, we had that we were all on a military base. So can you tell us about that transition and the struggle with that that you had? as once you came back after 18 month deployment?
3: Definitely. So, you know, it was, it was very, definitely very hard because, um, you know, while on base, you know, I had a lot of far, uh, small armfires fires uh, coming into the base. I also sustained an injury. Uh, I had a, I had a neck injury um, that, I, that I had um, had happened to me. And, and so I had to deal with, with not only like trying to manage through pain that I was suffering from the the, the neck pain. I started uh, experiencing migraines and, um, I, I tried looking for jobs and, you know, uh, the, the, the job that I had when I first left country was, uh, with UPS. I tried to return back to that job and I couldn't do it, uh, because of the physical pain, uh, physical, uh, condition that I had. And, uh, not only that, but just, just being able to just, uh, focus, uh, my focus was very off. I wasn't getting much sleep, uh, Cause I was having these different nightmares, these crazy nightmares. I had, I started having a lot of uh, anxiety and uh, panic attacks. Um, I I found myself going into a deep depression. uh, And that was because like I would, I would do crazy things such as, you know, go to the local casino here in Milwaukee and, and, and go gambling. I started gambling a lot of, a lot of money I brought back and, you know, so, so things just wasn't wasn't completely right, and and I didn't have that day to day schedule I had, mm. uh, when I was you know uh, still in, active in the military, and so that was stripped away from me, and 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 then the convenience of having everything on base to just go and get, you know it, everything was just so crazy, and and even driving was becoming a difficult task because as I was driving, all I could think about is like, okay, is is someone going to uh, drop a, a roadside bomb on the side of me, or am I going to get ro- uh, run off the, the street or something? And so, you know, like all those, all those things really, you know, um, really made it difficult for me to transition back to being a regular civilian.
1: Now, I have to ask, because some people get good transition training back and entry back in. It, it varies by state and even locality. Did you have any uh, military assistance with this transition back at all?
3: Well, if you call just a a, a one day orientation, <laughs> some uh, type of training,
1: right? Right. <laughs> now I've gone to the Baltimore one, and and it is very minimal. But did you have um? Did you deploy as a unit or as an individual?
3: I deployed as we we deployed as a unit.
1: Okay. Now, were any of those people in touch with you, or you and them?
3: Well, I think the biggest problem was is that I uh, disconnected. Mm. Um, so I definitely want to take some blame in that, but uh, I definitely believe that there should have been more of an effort to to reach out to me. Uh, it, it was like uh, once they found out I was broken, uh, I wasn't really much of a use to the unit anymore.
2: Mm. It right? So- I boy, that is something. I we. As you know, I've been working. Marcus said, "Just my, my back." I, I've been working with veterans of transitioning for you know for about a decade now, and your story is exact. And it is too bad they've got this this one day or weekend Yellow River they do with National mm-hmm. Guard. It, it's it's pretty minimal, you know, if you haven't been. They're just, and it's too bad you had to go through that. Um So when you when you finally came to that mm-hmm. end, um and you're like, something has to change. What was your change? I mean, what what kind of picked you up and said? I've got to I've got to turn this around. I mean, what was What was that like? What was that that power? That something that I mean, there had to be something inner, you know, like an inner strength that you just pulled up to do this.
3: Well, with the with the betrayal that I felt, you know, I, I felt a lot a great deal of betrayal. I, I, I said, Well, why would they uh, bring me uh, over to Iraq and and then they, once I've become broken on, over there, they won't reach out and try to help me and give me the resources to help me. Uh, so, I got very ill one day you know um and i landed i found myself in the v a hospital with a hundred eight point nine degree temperature what wow, and you know and i you know and no they didn 't know what the cause of the illness was they they was trying to you know they they tested me you know constantly they brought in doctors from all over the country and just to try to figure out what what was going on with me and then Once again, that faith stepped in again. Um, So that that faith stepped in again when there was a nurse that asked, could she pray for me? Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, I had not prayed in I don't know how how long. And so, you know, for her to ask me to pray pray for me was, you know, very powerful. She she asked, could she pray for me? She prayed for me. And then the very next day, I was back feeling better. And she, you know, I asked where she was and no one could find her. Mm-hmm. And and during that same night where I started experiencing the healing, I pulled the IV out of my arms. I started walking. Now, I had not been walking uh, since being checked into the hospital. And I went into the bathroom. I, I started rattling off these different different biblical scriptures, uh, diff- all these different different things that I had never, you know, um, even studied on my own. And, you know, and, and, it, and it brought me back to just that whole thing of like the importance of like um you know, uh, relying on faith again to just, you know, start, you know, like uh, focusing on, on healing rather than my problems
2: and my issues. You know, we, um, I, I just one more follow up, Linda, if you don't mind. Yes,
1: please, please.
2: So, um, with so many people turning away from, you know, their higher power or religion or to these days, it just seems like this is, this is where you're, you're finding a strength. This is where it's, it's, it's really helping you recover. Um, that's what, that's what I'm hearing. Is that, is that correct? And, yeah. And what would yeah. be that? Yeah. And, and is that your message out to, uh, anybody that's struggling right now is just, you know, find that faith that it will get better.
3: Yeah. My, my, my advice to all of those and, and the message i spread is that you connect to something higher than yourself, you know, and, and then you start seeking out your own purpose and life mission because we all have been placed on this earth for a reason. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes, you know, we we think that we're just, you know, um, existing, and we do exist, and we go through the motions. But you know, there's there's something we must uh, much greater than us that we must uh, connect to, and, and and then at the same time find out what we should be doing.
1: And to follow on that, Marcus, one of the things you were missing, you said, was the structure that you had well-deployed, uh, the ability to know exactly where you're supposed to be, do what you were supposed to do, and others were thinking that for you or ordering you to do those things or you had a purpose there. So as you were returning back, after you had this illness, and presumably you, did they ever figure out what was wrong?
3: No, they never did figure out what was wrong, which was, <laughs> which was pretty much... Sounds uh, like another
1: wake-up call. yes. I I, I think you're actually very blessed to get these kinds of wake-up calls. I have a friend who was actually hit by lightning and he he did not have that reaction. And I I think that you were given, so far that I've heard about, two life-changing, transforming moments that said, wake up. So let's go back to this, the structure and connecting with others for a purpose and a mission. One of the things we constantly hear upon returning from war and deployment is that people are lost without the structure the camaraderie and that purpose that was there every single day and finding that purpose is not always easy so you knew that you were cut out to do something different and you were getting it in a very vivid way did you build upon this slowly or did you kind of have a kernel of an idea and built from there Yes,
3: I, I definitely started having an idea and you know and it, it, you know I just kept thinking like wow, you know, um I can't go back to the military anymore because you know, obviously I'm too ill to do that. So, you know, there must be something I should be doing, you know, other than the military. And uh because um you know, most people when they leave high school, they know what they want to do. I did not know. And um, you know, I, I, in a way I feel like the the military kind of kind of robbed me from like finding that out on my own. Um but and In a way, too, it, it helped because, like, it had. I not gone to the military, I, I would not had these experiences, mm-hmm. and 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 see that, like, I was I was called to to inspire people, called to uh, to advise and, and people on on on, on their spiritual um, transitions and, and and transformation and journeys.
1: You know, I think that finding your purpose is often viewed as, here's the job I want to do. Uh, Here's the goal I seek. We're seeking wealth and worth, but it doesn't always work that way. You mentioned calling, and I think that's something that too few people understand. A calling is almost something that comes upon you that is hard and difficult and not something that you would choose if given the choice. But it sounds as though you did find a calling and you pursued it. How did you begin to do that? We'll start it before the break and continue it afterward. Okay. Well, so
3: I I began to do that uh, by just start studying. I just start studying more about spirituality. I start uh, studying across different religions. Um, I I even decided to go to uh, college for religious studies and theology. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and then i found that found out that like wow you know um i you know like uh, spirituality is very important it, it is you know um uh, definitely uh all across all these different religions and spi- uh, uh, different uh belief systems i found that love is a trending topic love and and, and also just serving others right and, and and that was a good transition you know for for me you know, as I was in the military to, to do now.
1: A perfect time for us to head to a break because service, and you talk to service people and everybody will tell you that serving others was one of the big reasons that they loved their military service and or and or gained from it so we have a short break to go on we'll be back talking with Marcus Hart and stay with us there's far more to know about the role of faith in your life we'll be right back
0: Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages.
4: Welcome to TogiNet, radio with a cutting edge.
5: ever wonder about the origin of murphy's law you know the maxim that if anything can go wrong it will murphy's law was named after captain edward a murphy an engineer working at edwards air force base in 1949 Captain Murphy was working on a project designed to measure how much sudden deceleration a human could stand in a crash. After discovering a transducer constructed for the experiment was wired wrong, Murphy squabashed the technician responsible by exclaiming, if there's any way to do it wrong, you will find it. In other words, circumvent mistakes and miscabbles before they happen. Aerospace manufacturers began quoting Murphy's Law to their engineers and engineers. And Soon it became an eponym. It's marching never. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words.
0: Welcome back to Military Network Radio. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference.
1: Welcome back. We're continuing our discussion with Marcus Hart. And Marcus, I've worked a bit with the National Guard here in Maryland and I've seen it happen too many times that the Guard and Reserve have some different issues and they often revolve around as Les already referenced the jump back into real life from deployment. And it often it can show up in multiple ways. People had A different wife per deployment, they came back and said, well, this isn't working. I want a new wife. Um, They have many children. They either gambled, as you had talked about, alcoholism, other addictions, um, the PTSD and the anxiety that you were talking about, self-destructive habits. And I think that resonates with a lot of people. Did you realize that you had a problem with the gambling or did it have to get to a crisis point before you dealt with it?
3: it definitely had to uh get to a crisis uh point which is probably why I was landed in landed in the um in the, in the hospital in the first place mm-hmm. because uh, i i started to um, i fell behind on all of my bills and i was never seen in public um because i was always at the casino and um and when you did see me i'd be so so tired and so so drawn out and and, and upset you know you, you would want to back away from me so So, so definitely.
2: Sounds like you went back to that dark space you talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. You know, that, um, boy, that, that's an ugly spot. I see a lot of, I've seen a lot of vets uh, that came back from combat, came back from, you know, their first, second, or third deployment. They tend to go to that. Uh, But I want, I wanted to go back to when you said you were in school studying theology. Mm -hmm. Did you, did you have these as you were, as you were in school? were you was this a time you were struggling or did that come after uh or before before school
3: so so that came it's actually uh the struggles came before attending school you know so there was a, a real long period uh where uh you know the the, the suicide the constant suicide attempts and uh the, the gambling the um you know uh, sleeping around with different women randomly and and just just different periods like uh constant periods of depression and just totally like you know losing myself and and um, and just very feeling very confused all right. of that came before you know um before the situation in the hospital and then the the, the, the jump to co- college
2: did you did you seek all your treatment through VA
3: so so once that that, uh, that scenario happened at the, the hospital. Um, I, I did uh, reach back out to the VA and I started connecting with the VA and started getting treatment and help with the VA. Um, my uh, primary provider he was uh, very helpful in helping me to uh, separate medically from the from the from the military. Uh, so, so yeah, so the VA really was very helpful and um, I, I'm very thankful that the VA was there to to help me.
1: I'm glad you had a good experience there because medical retirement can be very difficult to work through. Let's go back to the relationship issues that you mentioned, because that's something that is a disconnect. You know, when we are connected to other people, we have sometimes a more stabilizing force. But when we have pulled ourselves and isolated ourselves, even in this world where connection is easy in terms of online, but it's arm's length. So, As you came back and you found yourself in this darker place again with interpersonal issues and relationship, obviously not steady ones, what was going through your mind at that point? Were you just trying to fill up a void and that's why you just bounced from woman to woman at that point? Or was it a case of something deeper than that that was underlying PTSD or the underlying depression or untreated and unresolved anger? Well,
3: there was it was a combination of uh missing my brothers mm-hmm. uh that, you know, I served with. You know, I, I I once I started, you know, opening up over there I, I started developing different bonds uh with uh, some of my brothers over there. And and then uh at the same time I wasn't married when I went overseas, but I was in a very serious relationship and uh that particular um woman she ended up getting pregnant uh while I was overseas. And mm. and so it it, it was it, you know i had this uh heartbreak uh that i was dealing with and and you know i still wasn't really uh clicking with my father like i wanted to and um and, and my sister uh she had changed while i had um while i was overseas too she she wasn't the same person when i came back um she started getting into a lot of trouble and i, I didn't really know you know um i, I was the big brother so uh, my mom was kind of expecting me to assume this big brother brother role right away and and try to try to patrol her and like you know i was like i just didn't have no um intention on doing that i didn't you know i just wanted you know my my sister back you know (laughs) yeah but like at the same time she wanted her brother back because i wasn't the same person either
1: that's a lot to handle all at once that's many roles you just mentioned you come back as a soldier you're supposed to take the male role in your family your sister had gone down a dark road too and here you are trying to adjust less. Can you bring that back into all your transition experience?
2: You, you know, when you transition, and that's exactly right, Linda. That, that just think about this. So you're you're coming back. You're you you you're trying to fit back into civilian society. All of a sudden, you you notice there's a family change with your with your little sister and your mom's saying, "Hey, you need to you need to be the big brother." And then you're you're actually trying to reach out with to your dad. And that's you're saying that's not going well, and then the pressures because obviously you're still trying to fit in at work, or you're you know you're dealing with the struggles of employment, unemployment, you got this gambling problem going on, relationships problems, and all this transition is weighing heavy on you. I mean, mm-hmm. and this is something that you're facing. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, how much can one person take at that time, Marcus? I mean, how how are you dealing with this? I I'm just you know, you, 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 throw all this on a guy and we, you know, we start to wonder how much, how much more can you take? And, and, and how, where did you get the help? Where did you get the strength to deal with it?
3: Well, as I was going through the motions and, you know, I I didn't really see, you know, where this was, where all of this was going. You know, I, I, I didn't, you know, it, it wasn't very clear where, you know, um, with the way I was cooping, you know, it was negatively. Obviously, you know, yeah. I didn't know how that was going to help me. And it, it certainly right. didn't help me, but it, it did. Like, land, it didn't were, land me in the hospital, though. So,
2: didn't you, weren't you like 19 when this was happening? I mean, you were, I mean, very young, right? I mean, this was.
3: Uh, so, so, by the time I came back, I was 20.
1: Okay. That's still very young.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, um, but so even after the experience in the hospital and, and I and, 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 and as I started studying, uh, what really what really helped me to start, like, I guess, climbing out of the, the dark hole was uh, was, you know, the resources at the VA, uh, being able to start attending some of these support groups and, and really connecting uh, with some of my brothers and sisters that were like going through the same thing I was going through Um and I even had experience where i you know i got hospitalized um for mental health um mm-hmm. at the v a and i spent a couple a couple of days there and um that aggressive treatment there was very helpful and and, uh, and at the same time i i'm like i'm starting to write and express myself uh through my writing and, um, and really and uh starting to like um build my faith up and um and, and and as I'm I'm reading and as I'm writing and, and getting a lot of this stuff lifted off of me, you know, I, you know, the the changes started happening, the the transformation started happening, and you know, and um, one thing that they they really pushed pushed on me while uh, in my treatment was to you know start start getting back organized again, and you know, and once I started getting back organized again, uh, things started lining back up the way it should.
1: You know, writing is a very, very good practice and one that has helped so many people because it causes you to put your thoughts together in black and white, right in front of you. And sometimes if you get into a habit of writing, the structure that I think you're alluding to here, it becomes a way of expressing some of the things that socially would be really difficult to get out loud because you might scare your little sister or your mom. Or somebody who doesn't understand the experience that you've been through. So, do you did you journal? Did you write in a structured manner, or was this more free form? And you used it when you had to get your emotions out on paper.
3: Well, what I what I call many of my my early writers, and even now I still do it. I, I call them um, dear God letters. You know where mm-hmm. I, where I'm writing to the universe. And and just putting everything out there, you know, the things I I want to achieve, the things I didn't achieve, you know, my past. I even write about my past. Uh, I write about what I'm experiencing right now, what I'm feeling right now. And and the more and more I do that, you know, it, it's it's like that's like my therapy right there. That's that's my daily therapy, and and it's, it's
2: very helpful. I was glad you mentioned that, Linda, about organized, and <laughs> then it the seemed like you were saying structure, is that, is that, that seems like a, a more, um, a better, uh, better term. So organization, is you started an organization and structure back to your life, right, Marcus, was that it?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I was able to start compartmentizing, uh, some of the, some of the issues I had and some of the different areas of my life, you know, everything was too, too, you know, mixed in together and, you know, it, it didn't, it didn't look clear, you know, I, it was too much confusion too, you know, and, And I I wasn't living my life, you know, uh, according to like what my values were. I I didn't even know what my values were anymore.
1: Mm. That brings up an important point. I think sometimes people feel like they've lost their way because of what they've experienced. And yet you were back. You received good care, it sounds like. And as you started to write more to get things out um, and so that you could understand them, so that you could share them with other people. It was a catharsis, it sounds like. So in your Dear God letters, was that the starting point of realizing that you did have a calling to talk to others about experiences because you could meet the challenges if you took the steps to get there? Yes, there was a
3: lot of, you know, uh, aha moments, uh, a lot of revelation uh, uh, given to me uh, as I was writing and and communicating, I, I, I guess. Uh, with something you know bigger than me, um, you know, uh, I would receive um, some some different ideas back, and you and, and so I, I started to to pursuing those uh, those uh, those things I was sh- receiving back. as I was reading, you know, what I was writing, uh, I started re- pursuing those things more.
1: Did it surprise you? Sometimes we have just a few seconds before we go on a break. Did it surprise you sometimes what came out on paper?
3: yeah definitely um it, it was things that I had never addressed, you know, and um things that I, I never knew that I had in the back of my mind uh, or or, uh, or embedded in my my spirit
1: mm. It's funny. our minds are very, very powerful, and they can drive us. And they can drive us crazy, but there, there are ways of coping. And, I, and this sounds to me like what you were learning to do was coping with some of the physical manifestations of the stress you were carrying. But you were also now learning to be open to new ways of doing things. We have to go on our final break of the show, and we will be back continuing further talking about PTSD, addiction, and faith with Marcus Hart. We'll be right back after these messages.
0: military network radio and we'll be right back after these short messages
4: congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable soft cuddly sweet smelling smiling cooing hungry tired gassy screaming little bundle of joy so now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Flipman on toginet.com.
5: The Do Not Disturb sign has been around as long as there have been hotels where discretion was a bitter part of value. One lecturer at Cornell University's School of Hotel Administration traces the do-not-disturb sign roots to the aristocracy of the early 20th century at grand establishments such as the Ritz in Europe. It sure is annoying when you just want to be a slug of bed and someone knocks at the door and says, housekeeping, what's the word for the semi-conscious state between sleep and wakefulness? Hypnopompic days when i wish i could wear a do not disturb sign around my neck what to call someone who wants to lay in bed all day a scumber never. i'm carolyn davidson and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app to funny for words
0: welcome back to military network radio serving the military their families and those who care about them together we make a difference.
1: Welcome back. We were talking on the break about the importance of moving on from PTSD. And I will add in here also that betrayal. When you add those two things together where you feel like you've been let down and you have these overwhelming physical and psychological reactions, responses to combat PTSD. And most people will experience some form of PTSD in their lives, whether it's a car accident or... An, a, an assault or something, but combat PTSD is tough because you're also faced with a lot of moral challenge. So let's talk about how you dealt with your PTSD and and where you went for the steps to becoming whole again. Okay. Well,
3: um, as I, as I you know um, started thinking back to while you know what my job was in the military, uh, I was a supply clerk so I, I was responsible for keeping everything organized and everything in order and being very uh, accountable um uh you know being very accountable to you know to the, to the uh, the different supplies that came in um and so I, I said wow why why not just apply what I was doing overseas to my life and um you know and 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 just Brain, brain that person I was overseas, you know, uh, into civilian life, but in a new way. Mm-hmm. So, so when I when I started to, you know, um, take all of the skills that that, it, that was taught to me as a, as a quartermaster uh, soldier, um, you know, I, I I started seeing like uh, that I was able to start being more a little bit more organized in in, in my life. I was able to start uh, holding myself accountable uh, for, for the things that like, you know, I I should be holding myself accountable to and, uh, and, and sort of like, you know, doing my preventive, uh, maintenance checks on myself. (laughs) So I would do a lot of preventive maintenance checks on myself. And then I'll do a lot of post, uh, you know, uh, maintenance checks on myself and sort of like what you do with a, with a, uh, with a Humvee when you, when you are, when you check it out to, to, to take on the road. So, so once I started doing those things, uh, you know I started seeing you know a lot of the symptoms being alleviated
2: So there were these were these you like you said you're doing these checks like you would on a humvee or a dispatch when you're checking yourself out is this something was this a daily check an hourly check or is this something you just did as needed? This is something that I, I did. I do first
3: thing in the morning, you know I do my preventive you know care where you know i I identify like hey, I need to eat, I need to work out it's because if I don't work out i'm gonna feel crabby you know i'm not gonna I'm not gonna get out that aggression um and when I eat, I need to make sure I'm eating healthy so that like uh I don't trigger uh you know I don't eat something that's gonna trigger you know me being too anxious or me being uh you know too um stuff and when i feel stuff i feel depressed <laughs> you know so you know and then I i'm identifying you know what i need to do throughout the day and and then at the end of the night you know before i check out I, I do, i'm doing the post care you know so the post care is just you know well how did things go for the day you know um uh what went wrong what could be better for tomorrow or what are my plans for tomorrow let's jot those down too
2: so this is this as you're going through your checks, you're saying, is, are you keeping a, a, a journal of this, or is this something you're just doing mentally?
3: So not not all the time I can do it in a journal. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it becomes second nature, you know, because I did it so much while I was overseas, you know. Um, it, <laughs> so yeah, you, you develop that same habit in your life where you, you know you don't have to always have a pen and paper, but definitely a pen and paper is very helpful and that, that enhances. Um, you know, what are you doing at that moment?
1: You know, Marcus, I think that what you were doing was so self-aware. But I know many vets who really don't want to be self-aware. They really don't want to look and, uh, you know, open up that door and see some of those demons that they know are in there. How did you have the courage to open those doors and to become self-aware and realize that the destructive behavior – Was eventually going to kill you.
3: Well, I realized too that you know, while while overseas, I you know, I was I had this had this confidence um, to to face death. You know, I you know, I was I wasn't scared of death, and I, I thought to myself, well, like if I wasn't scared of death, why not why not tackle you know my issues? Why not start being present in my moment and 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 assess? Okay. What, what is it, you know, I can do about myself now? You know, what, what am I feeling right now? And so I, st- I started adopting mindfulness into my life. And, um, and mindfulness was something that I learned at the VA. So as I started accepting, uh, adopting mindfulness, you know, I, I will stay in the moment and, 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 and let go of the past for, for the time being and, and, and not worry about the future.
1: Staying in the present is a lot harder to do than it sounds. I would I would definitely
3: agree, but I, w- I would challenge the notion that you know um, what we see, you know, the things we see and, and the things we feel are very much happening right now. It, it, it's not hap- it's not happening yesterday, it, mm-hmm. it, it, or it's not going to you know it's not guaranteed to happen in the next hour, you know. But if you Decide to just, you know, be be as courageous as you were when when you were, you know, boots on ground, you know, uh, and and fighting the war, you know, uh, you you be willing to like fight those demons if you if you just remember, you know the, the you know the the whole rush you had uh, about stepping up to, to take on the challenge and and then you also got to add in the fact that like you gotta you gotta start seeking out your purpose and, and your life mission and once you do that you're not gonna be afraid to. You know, uh, you know, let go of, of of this whole fear that you that you have now.
2: Not at all. You got to figure out what your why is, you know, right? I mean, it is right. Exactly. Is, absolutely. Hey, before uh, I, I when I was on your website earlier, uh, marcushardenterprises.com dot uh, com. Right at the very top, you have this quote, and I, and I'd like to read it. It says, "It says learn easy spiritual practices to transform your thoughts." about achieving different possibilities in your life. Marcus, why that quote at the top?
3: Uh because nowadays, you know, people, you know, really push religion on people and I, you know, and I I'm not really for religion. You know, um that's the reason why I'm not preaching in a church. It, you know, if you if you do something as simple as just, you know, pouring your soul, you know, and expressing your soul, you know, into just Something as simple as journaling, you know, that's the same thing as connecting uh, higher, uh, to a you know, to a higher uh, divine being or to this universe. Um, you know, connecting with your your fellow man. You know, um, developing relationships. You know, uh, that would be helpful. And 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 realizing that, like, there are so many possibilities in this life, and you can have any one of those possibilities. You can be a part about. You can be a part of any of those possibilities possibilities are infinite there's so much things that um occur because of a you know there's a cause and effect to everything basically and you can choose which one you want
1: you know marcus as we go forward i i just have a question for you because as i've been listening to you i'm you had to deal with so many issues and i think many of our returning vets do could you see the big picture at the time probably not but as you became more mindful aware and you were in treatment and you worked through some of your past did your imagination creativity and vision come back can you now see that bigger picture of what you went through and what you have now accomplished
3: definitely it it was like now i had a, a blank campus and and then i had this other campus next to me of um of things that I've went through in my life and um and then uh, on the other side I had this campus of things that I, I wanted to you know um reach or achieve in my life and so I started just I, I was able to just take different segments of uh each of them and they became assets you know so I, I like my experiences my my past experiences are at, are um are uh assets
1: less
2: Oh yes. So Marcus, I wanted to get back to um, telling everybody about your website and, where, and what they can do. So your your website is realmarketsheart.com, uh, and what what can they find on there? Can you um, give us the inside of your website so people would know what they're gonna find when they get there?
3: Okay. So soon as you get to my website, you going you're going to um, be able to learn more about me. Uh, there's also uh, a way to sign up to receive a, a free newsletter from me. So I, I send out uh, different blogs. Uh, there's a, a, a free a free uh, webinar that I did. You know that's pre-recorded. Uh, it, it gives you s- some some more information on how to utilize some of the same practices I have you know adopted into my life right away, and make some instant change. And um, also my podcast. Uh, a link to my podcast and how to join on that is there.
1: So in you other did, words, it, I'm sorry to interrupt you. It sounds to me like you found a lot of your peace of mind through expression, through sharing with others. If you're writing, if you're podcasting, if you're speaking to others, this seems to have been the salvation you were seeking.
2: Definitely.
3: you know, It, it definitely saved my life you know, oh, uh, you. had I not found, found my purpose.
2: I was wondering if you do any uh, outreach to veterans who may be struggling, uh, like you had uh, earlier on. Great question. Yeah, I would mention too that uh, you know I do
3: work with people in groups and uh, one-on-one too. So there's opportunity on there on the website too. Um, But I, I am uh, now uh, starting to like go out and and do some 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 talks and and workshops uh, with uh, with others.
2: It sounds like they could uh, really help it looks like your story could really help them recover you know Mm -hmm. as you know just like you were feeling um you were kind of alone out out there when actually uh you could share your story to make sure others know that they're not alone and you know your website and your podcast and even your books could really help them yes
1: you know i i love the fact that um, in, in sharing our pain with others, it often really helps, and we thank you today for sharing all that you have gone through and how it really has been a growth experience that you wouldn't have had the experience of at any other time. So people talk about PTSD, but this is really an expression of post-traumatic growth, and thank you. It's, it's really excellent that you have shared this with us. Again, that website is com, and you can find out more by going to his website. And last, it's been a pleasure talking with Marcus this morning. Marcus, thank you very much.
3: Well, thank you for having me.
0: For tuning in today to Military Network Radio. You can find our show at our website www.toginet.com forward slash Military Network Radio. Also www.militarynetworkradio.com and in iTunes under Military Network Radio. Join us next week when we bring you another program to enhance your.